this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Yeah, man, what is going on? It's time for another Hard Rock Lunchbox here on Thursday. Just want to announce our new partnership here at the Hard Rock Lunchbox with the Patchogue Bay Valet Limited Liability Corporation. Yeah. Exclusively serving white girls in Patchogue. Thank you so much for your service. Sadly, I think you'll make a lot of money. <laughs> oh yeah, Guinness. I gotta. I'll pick some up. I'll pick some up. I know. I like. I like the Guinness. I like Alec Guinness, and I like the Guinness Stout. So I guess you could say I'm a fan of Guinness. Uh, you guys can't see this because you are not in the future. However. Uh, once you get to the future, you will see that I am sporting a new leather vest because I decided that instead of trying to get skinnier, I would either A, go back 20 years when leather vests were still cool, or B, go back 20 years ago uh, when I didn't have to hide as much fat. So either way, I'm thinking win-win. You can let me know next week what you think. I... Uh, I actually kind of like it. I actually like that it was made in Pakistan, too, and not China. I know that may not make a difference, but, like, I'm a big fan of anything made in, like, Thailand or Korea or Pakistan. I mean, I realize I would prefer stuff made in America, but, like, Americans just don't make anything anymore. What we do is we, we complain about stuff, and then we service things. So. Also, big news. Big news in America today. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, I, I do want to take a moment, and by moment I mean a unit of time that I have yet to define, because I don't know how long I'm going to talk about it, so moment it is. Um, we'll actually go over the drinks for this show uh, in just a bit, because I actually have most of them now, so I can speak on them authoritatively. Uh, and then I can get some feedback, and then I could probably grab any last-minute things. Uh, but, yeah, I want to take a moment, a Hard Rock Lunchbox moment, which can be defined as anything from one minute to two hours, roughly, in five minutes. And I want to actually offer an apology. It's more of a top 20. I guess it's a top 20 apology, so forget everything I just said. It's really only a minute to 25 minutes long. Uh, would be would be this uh, moment of apology. I want to apologize for everybody that has been commenting on the top 20 videos, especially Bill, who comments every single week. Thank you for that. It's always interesting and insightful what you have to say, so I appreciate reading it. Uh, and I realized last night, as I was posting the box four days late, by the way, thank you, that I am just so damn behind, I haven't gotten around to answering the comments. Lately, the past two weeks have been so bad. Uh, this week, I got it posted last night, so it came out on time this morning, if you remember. And we're playing at home last week. I didn't even post the goddamn thing last last time because I just completely forgotten how to, how to post the top 20 around 
9 in the morning, which I know everybody that waits for it at 12.01 on Thursday in the a.m. was definitely brokenhearted. But I feel like since there's only like 7 to 10 views any given week, I feel like we could manage the fallout of that one. But I do want to apologize. It is incredibly rude of me to not answer and respond to the very few comments I do have, especially when you take time to be thoughtful and add to the conversation, which I love. It's not like I'm spending time elsewhere. I'm not even fighting on Facebook like my genuine sport of choice these days because I've been sick and then I've been busy and then I've been catching up from being both of those things. And believe me, I am screwing the pooch when it comes to a lot of the stuff that's coming up in the Rebel 9 universe, but I just, I'm doing my absolute best. But things should settle down a little bit in the summer, and I know I keep saying that like summer is some sort of rapture that I can look forward to where I'll be up in heaven sipping, I guess, sea breezes and possibly Guinness with uh, JC himself. But like, it, I don't know, man, I keep putting like eight months worth of stuff into two months of summer. I guess we're going to see what happens, but I'm pretty sure I'll get back to being able to respond to your comments. So thank you. Please don't give up on me. I will respond in kind as soon as I possibly can. Thank you. This moment, of course, brought to you by Patchogue Bay Valet, LLC. You drink and we... Uh, we drink... Wait. your car. You drink and your car drinks. Everyone drinks. Patchogue Bay, Bay Valet. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. We drink so you don't have to... No, that's that's Rebel 9. You know, I'm digging this leather vest. <laughs> I gotta say, I it's been probably 20 years since I bought a leather vest. And I'm not gonna say that I, I look good in it, because I don't. But like, I could go buy a motorcycle. I could even I can even button this. I got a... Instead of getting an extra large, I got a 10XL. So I can button... I'm kidding. I'm not a 10XL. Not, not yet. Certainly not with that attitude. But I I'm so tired. I wonder if one day I just like fall asleep right here. If anybody even know, be like, "Yeah, and here we are at the top 20." It's like probably the best show, actually. Honestly, you want to know it all. Um, so, what do we got in terms of housekeeping? Uh, yeah, the new top 20 is out. Uh, it's the one where I, uh, I, d- I actually had trouble titling this particular episode. If you want to know the choices I had and what I finally went with, feel free to check that out on StrangerHood TV. But we do talk about the Patchogue Bay incident uh, and being a teenage girl. So, uh, we also talk about the major hurricane victories and Manmosas and what a real New York accent is and me hyper-focusing on my voice. And of course, the bottomless well of stupidity, which is a, always a good topic here on The Box. Uh, Bacon is my podcast. Keeps rolling out interviews like their Kleenex or free water or like well drinks. Well drinks. Yeah, probably. Uh, They have the uh, So What Festival full interview with Glimmers. Uh, They have another full interview with Emery, Strawberry Girls, and I don't know, Semper. uh, I don't even know. I don't even know how to pronounce it. I wrote it down. Don't know how to pronounce it. Semper Acerbus. A service? Looks like a service. A service? I don't care. If you want to know, go to StrangerHood TV and check it out, and I'm sure they'll get into it, because uh, hopefully, I know Jimmy is usually okay. Jimmy gen- generally doesn't like asking bands like where they got their names, because it's annoying to have to answer 10 billion times, but I think if you have a name that you can't pronounce, I'm hoping that one of the two guys just stepped in and be like, dude, what's with that name? Oh, it's a family name. It's my uncle's name. Oh, that makes sense. 
Uh, ben Glib, he's the other full interview because when two full interviews are not enough, definitely dash in with a comedian. Seven questions with Deep Fall. See, I could pronounce that fucker all day long. Uh, and also seven questions with Fear Spring. I am two for two with announcing the seven questions. I'm just going to take the rest of the day off, so I'll see. Not really. <laughs> You're not getting out of here that easy. This is the top 20, pal. You want the top 10? That's down the street. Uh, also coming up, show this weekend, Saturday, Razorblade Diaries Live. Talk about that probably ad nauseum. Uh, July 8th, we'll be at 89 North with Craving Strange Mickey Lick. Mickey Licks and our own Giovanna opening that show. And then the day after, we'll be at the Queens Rock Fest at the Forest Hills Park. Forest Hills Band Shell in Forest Hills Park. That is a free show. We'll be like 4 or 5 in the afternoon. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I love doing outdoor shows. Um, I Oh, and then we're... Oh, wait. I can't announce the October show, but there's an October show. I got creepy. <laughs> I was very Falcon in the Snowman episode. Uh, I know I talked a lot about doing Jersey and Philly this summer. I got to tell you, man, I think I'm just burned out, and I don't know that I'm going to get to it. If something really cool comes up, like if Arn wants to do anything or, or Know Your Enemy gets back on, on the thing, or maybe if we even do like an Elephant Talk one, we might go down to Atlantic City. But, like, I got to tell you, man, I don't think I'm setting anything up in any of those two towns. Uh, and, yes, I'm considering Jersey a town. I like Phil- I equate Philly with Jersey, like, on the level of things, but, like, I don't know, man. I am so goddamn burned out from from doing all this stuff. And I guess that's kind of like kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm going to take another uh, top 20 moment. I just really thank everybody that has bought uh, bought tickets so far to the Risley Diaries live thing. Uh, apparently, according to my band, I'm going to be having a bunch of people that are coming to the door and just buying tickets because they're these are just people that just don't. Online buy stuff. I mean, I don't know what they do when, you know, bands come to town, like, at Jones Beach and stuff, because there's usually not, like, a lot of door. I mean, like, people still go to the Paramount and buy tickets at the... I mean, I guess you can. I mean, I know you couldn't during COVID, but, like, I guess you can now. Um, so, uh, apparently we're having a bunch of people that are coming, so that's cool. We're still trying to keep the number under 50, um, including the band, uh, and that's for size and cost reasons and stuff like that. But uh, I will tell you... Um, before I get to all the thank yous. So I'm not really taking the moment now. I'm sort of advanced momenting, and that's cool. Uh, I did go to the store, and I do have um, I do have the supplies. So uh, we ordered uh, four Costco platters. Two are like the, the wraps, the whatever wraps those things are. I tend to have them anywhere I go ever on New Year's Eve. So I, if, if you know what those are, we're having two trays of those. And we're also having two trays of, like, croissant sandwiches, like deli kind of sandwiches. So we've got we've got food. Like, you'll be able to eat. Uh, also for, because uh, most of our listening audience tends to be on the children's kind of side, mentally and food-wise. No offense to anybody, by the way, because I love this stuff, too. We got two uh, of the big snack boxes of mixed, you know, like, the Lay's chips and, uh, like, Cheetos and stuff like that. So you guys are going to have to fight to the death over that kind of stuff. Uh, we also got a full box of the uh, snack packs of goldfish because everybody likes goldfish. It's the fish with the smile. And um, so we really got you covered for food. I mean, you guys are going to be in the building for, like, at most three hours and 15 minutes. Like, if this isn't enough food, like, I don't know how to feed. Like, I don't I don't know how to feed an army. So I guess we'll just kind of find out. But, like, 
We got you covered for food, for drinks. We got um, six cases of water. Uh, cases. Yeah, so that's like a lot of water. We've gotten four cases, four 36-packs of Bud Light. That's mainly because that's what my band tends to drink. Uh, and by my band, I mean my drummer. Uh, so we've got a lot of Bud Light. We got four cases of White Claw Variety Pack. I was going to go with the Costco and Seacrams brand, which is cheaper, but I know everybody likes White Castle. Oh, White Castle. Oh, White Castle. I know everybody likes, likes White Claw. And as Kaz pointed out, it's like, you don't really want to cheap out on people like that when they're paying like a $45 ticket. And he's right. Like, just a couple extra bucks. And it really is just money. And I, we are trying to give you like as much for your money as we possibly can uh, without like kind of going bankrupt doing this because we don't really have the resources to drop like five grand on a night and just kind of hope for the best and you know we'll just sort of see what happens from there why is my phone ringing yeah see i just looked at it and stopped ringing no it did not stop ringing but it's very annoying so i hope it stops soon that's cool anyway uh might be i should have i don't know how to turn that on i should have turned it on but i didn't uh anyway now it's being really annoying Sorry. <laughs> uh, so we have that. Uh, I also picked up two 24 packs of like mixed ale. I don't even remember anymore. And then another two 24 packs of like Goose Island, like a mix thing. And I like that kind of stuff because when we'll put it in like the coolers and stuff, like it, you're kind of like hunting for it. Like, oh, I like this one. I'm going to get this one or try this new one. So that was more for the fun of it as opposed to anything else. And then uh, I think maybe tonight I'm going to. Maybe on the way to the studio, I'm going to pick up some Michelob Ultra because that's what my boy Kaz drinks. And I might pick up, like, you know, two packs of whatever the, the Guinness stuff is. Uh, oh, and we've got, like, a 36-pack of Coke and another 36-pack of Diet Coke. And I think we're covered, man. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I should have answered it on the air. But I, honestly, I don't get any phone calls that really aren't spam calls anymore. I really just don't. A lot of times it's about some extended warranty I don't have. Like, that's my personal favorite. So I just... I, don't, I generally don't answer them, and that's why they didn't leave a message. Um, so there's that. Um, so I think we're covered, right, for food and drinks and stuff like that. Uh, we've got some glow sticks to play with. That'll be fun. Uh, also, I'm bringing uh, Razorblade Diaries CDs. I have them. They're going to be for free and stickers. Like, you can just sort of take them for being there and all that other stuff. And I don't know really what else to do um, with that kind of stuff. So we're just trying to make it, like I said, as fun as possible without going broke doing it. So. If there's anything I missed, feel free to message me, uh, and I'll see what else I can possibly do. Uh, and uh, something. Something about root beer. Uh, yeah, so everything else is set. We are recording the live record. They're going to be doing the audio engineering of it. Sam is going to be playing around like 8 o'clock. Doors are going to be at 745. If you've never been to the place, uh, the, the there's a huge parking lot in the back, and but the door is actually in the front, kind of like on the Hempstead Turnpike side. It's like directly across from the nail salon. Um, so 745, those doors are all open. I'll have a list printed out with everybody that's bought tickets so far. And then people will be able to buy like a $50 admission just to get in. Uh, and then everything's included. I will tell you, we've been going back and forth on one particular issue. I did not want to sell any merch at the show uh, because I feel like if you've paid 45 bucks to come and have an evening, like that should be it. I've always hated like when bands are like at my father's place and stuff like that. And here's your $45 ticket and you have to buy food and you have to do all this stuff. Uh, I just don't like that kind of thing. Like I've never, I've never liked it. Like, so it just 
I don't know. As a poor kid, it just kind of like ruffles my feathers. Not that I have any feathers, but if I had feathers, it ruffles my leathers. Ha! Ah! Ha! That's up. I could say that now because I have a leather vest. This feels like the episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where Boyle borrowed Rosa Diaz's leather jacket and instantly became cool. Except this is not Rosa Diaz's vest, and I am not instantly cool. Oh, well. At least that's not my bumper, right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So we were, you know, I was like, I don't really want to sell merch because I don't want people to pay any money that night. I kind of want to be done. And then uh, I think it was like Tony and Kaz, like a combination of Tony, like Tony or Taz. Taz I like Taz. <laughs> I could ship Taz. <laughs> uh, we're like, okay, well, maybe at the door we will have Razorblade Diary shirts. And it was actually funny because... I think it was Kaz that said, it's like, you know, some people have had their Razorblade Diary shirts for 10 years. And I was like, I don't think so, man. I feel like a lot, I've, sold, I've resold a lot of Diary shirts over the years. I think our fans that have those shirts have definitely gone through them. I will say, like, every now and then you'll see, uh, like, like Dylan from Dino Skate Park has one of our gamer tees. That's the one with, like, the blue Revel 9 writing. But going back even further, like, Dave Schubert from Vinyl Plane and 1010 Mojo, every now and then he'll show up at his show with the original Revel 9 shirt that actually has, like, the XD at the end, which was the eyes closed and smiley face thing. Like, that was the original. And you can barely see it. Like, I'm probably one of the only people that recognizes the design because I made it. But, uh, yeah, I think anybody with a diary shirt probably has one already. But I believe we're going to be selling them. Uh, they'll be available for sale anyway, but I don't think we're going to be pushing them. I don't think I'm setting up uh, uh, a diaries. I don't think I'm setting up a merch table. I am going to have, like I said, I'm going to have Razorblade Diaries uh, CDs you can get, uh, or not get, you can have, and stickers you can have, and we're bringing a whole bunch of Sharpies, so if you want us to sign the CDs, that would be a good time. Like Those are going to be completely free for anybody that comes tonight. And I think, you know, I think that's kind of it. Uh, in terms of whatever, uh, there was only one Taz. It will never be the worst. Jokes, rocking my leathers. Okay, cool. Also, my nephew has a razor blade shirt. He wears it to school. So, but yeah, that, that's the way it ought to be. I love that. I do love when kids are like in their razor blade diary shirts. Like, it's, it's, first of all, it's a really, really well done image. Oh, by the way, here's a little piece of interesting trivia. So, the kid, the kid, the adult now, former kid that did the artwork for the Razorblade Diaries and subsequently the Reality Crush. His name is Justin Oon, and he is a super, super talented artist. Uh, he finally got a production credit, like, in a real, real movie. It's the movie Hustle, which is the, uh, what was that, uh, drawing a blank, uh, Adam Sandler? Is it Adam Sandler? Yeah, I don't remember. Hustle. It's uh, It was like trending number one on Netflix like a couple of weeks ago. And if you go through the credits very slowly, like I did, like a mental patient, when you get to storyboard artist, Justin Newton. So there's a little thing. But Justin did a great job. That is a real painting uh, that I commissioned him for. Uh, it's a real model. I've never met the model. I've never even seen the actual painting, although I did see the scan of it. So maybe I did. But anyway, so that's what the whole diary is based off of. And that figurine uh, that that represents pretty much everything about the diaries, the woman's silhouette came from that. That was just a noon, and yeah, he just did a uh, storyboard thing. And that was cool. Um, so anyway, uh, now that I've wasted almost all of your time and mine, I do want to say really heartfelt, like, thank you guys so much for everybody that has bought tickets so far and everybody that is planning on going. Like, this, 
to be 100% honest and completely transparent, which I feel like is the only thing that's ever worth doing on this show, like, it is not going the way that I expected it to go. I mean, maybe part of me did, because I feel like in my heart of hearts, like, the the heyday or the, you know, scope of the the, the, the best Rebel 9 influence, I think, is probably behind us. Um, I know I was talking to Caggiano just the other night about like what you know we're considering to doing going forward and stuff like that. By the way, he did point out that everybody, everybody is really like waiting for us to put out new stuff, which I was like, that's all right, <laughs> okay, all right, that's good. But I was saying to him like I just I don't know what the future kind of looks like. I can't make live shows come back the way they used to. I can't make our venues come back the way they were before COVID, and I I'm really very burned out, and I'm having a lot of trouble. Uh, dealing and working with other bands. Oh, by the way, another apology I want to throw out uh, to Joey Nunn, formerly of I Ignite, formerly of Face the King, currently of Neon Skyline. Apparently, I was so tired the other week, month, whatever, when I was calling out bands that were actively screwing me over. I mentioned him by name, which is not something I generally do. So I am sorry about that. Usually when I bitch, I try and keep names kind of quiet. Uh, because usually it's just me just talking out of my ass or my upper ass, which is I guess could be this part. And um, you know, I I, draw, I mentioned him by name because of something that we had talked about that just didn't come to fruition. But that has been all resolved. I certainly did not mean to call him out by name. That was not not my thing. Uh, as far as I'm aware, I've only ever done that intentionally one time, and he absolutely deserved it. Um, but yeah, Joey was not that one. <laughs> so. <laughs> So my apologies. But it has all worked out, and uh, it's actually got a happy ending. Like, not that kind of happy ending, because this is a family show. But it's still a happy ending, nonetheless. So my apologies to Joey. Um, Joey, who was actually on the ticket list for uh, the Razorblade Diaries. So if you want to see Joey on Saturday night, consider an extra bonus. I would. I like seeing Joey. Joey's always fun to hang out with. So uh, maybe we'll just add that as an attraction. You know, featuring Rebel 9 with special guest Sam Pollitt. And then featuring Joey DeMarco. Like, what's what? What's the worst that could happen there? He likes his Diet Coke. So I got him. I got him some Diet Coke. Literally, the Diet Coke I got is for Joey. Uh, but yeah, so I want to thank everybody. Uh, like I said, this is not exactly turning out as I planned. It's becoming way more difficult and way way of a bigger project. I also thought tickets would sell out already because what I really needed was 45 loud people to make it worthwhile for a live thing and tickets have not sold out yet and that's surprising. It's disappointing. I know a lot of people are away. I did try and thread this needle very, very carefully with my band and and when you know band members would be away and had other obligations i was very sensitive to graduation parties both high school and college so i had to be careful of that i also didn't want to go past july 4th because that's when people start going away but yet i seem to just totally stepped in a place where a lot of very heavy hitting rebel nine fans i mean certainly most of our heavy hitters are going to be there and that's fine but a lot of heavy hitting hitting Rebel 9 fans just simply can't make it because they're going to be out of town or otherwise have obligations, uh, have other obligations. And that, you know, it explains a lot, uh, but that was, that you know, is still disappointing nonetheless. I'm not disappointed in them. I'm disappointed because 
I would like them to be a part of something like this. Like, I went into this thinking that this was going to be a really, really cool kind of thing. I mean, everyone that's going to be there is going to basically bear witness to us doing something for the very first time that nobody in my band has any idea what we're doing. And we're working with a place we've only worked with once before, and we don't even have a lot of our comfort zone. To put it into kind of some sort of perspective, the original plan for this was basically to do a show at Revolution with, like, Craving Strange and Jack knife and whatever project mikey was in at the time and just do a full night and get like two to three hundred people there get some outboard gear to help us record something like having breezy on the board or somebody that we've worked with forever and pauline of course owning the venue who will do basically anything and everything that we ever asked her to do that level of comfort is completely out the window but that was the original plan and then now we're here and i think it's a good idea and i think it's going to work but it's going to be a lot of fun for anybody that's ever been interested in the Rebel 9 kind of backstage experience because we're going to be figuring it out right in front of you. We could be playing a song, it could get completely fucked up, and since we're recording the live record and live video for, you know, definitely uh, at least another mistake and possibly a documentary, we might stop. I mean, I don't know that. I don't know that we will, but we might. And then... Who knows what that's going to look like? And who knows what we're going to have you guys do? Like, I don't I don't really know. The sound guy could be like, you guys got to yell right here. And the video people could be like, you guys got to stand here and look like, woo. I have no idea. And I thought that would be a lot of fun to be a part of. I know a lot of people have been a part of, like, recording videos and music and stuff like that. And that's a level for sure. But this is definitely a level up because it's all getting done at the same time. Nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> And it's just basically going to be us and you and pretty much everything you can eat and drink. So, in my head, it sounds like a winner. And that's why no one wants to live up here. And I don't blame you, but I have talked enough. So, thank you so much for everybody that has supported me and my nonsense, my band and their nonsense, and the diaries in general, and the diaries live specifically. Like, I really cannot tell you enough times or in enough minutes or hard dark lunchbox moments how much that means to me because it does so thank you and now let's get on to the music now there's only two minutes of the show left i'm kidding i'm kidding it's brand new rise against but i gotta tell you man those guys get me every time hard rock lunch box all right i feel like there's a real good possibility i just deleted all the video from the top 20 today so go team Really, it's this, honestly, it's this level of stupid mistakes that I keep making that is just like ruining the quality of my life right now. Like, it just it's so constantly, just. What is that sound? Oh, sorry, my bad. Hang on. Man, I am just fucking up everything today. It's unbelievable. <laughs> My apologies. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, man. Um, so, I don't even remember how I got onto this. Something came up, and I don't know why. But I ended up on a very large Juliana Hatfield kind of um, wormhole? Rabbit hole? Rabbit hole. And I just did listen. Like, she was like one of my favorite, like, pre punk pop artists i don't even know what the word is she was like in that whole rem kind of that post rem stuff where 
you know, college music and songwriting actually started to matter a little bit, like, you know, back in then, those days. So uh, she and, and the bands that she was in just are just huge, like, huge early influences on the way that I would write as I was actively writing, right? So, um, you know, not like, they're, they're not like stuff I'd listen to, like, as a kid, but just as a young adult, it would stuff that I would hear, and I'd be like, oh, oh, I like what we did there, that's... That's very cool. We should do that. But it just dragged me through like a whole history of stuff she was doing. So I just grabbed some of this stuff. And um, <laughs> I actually grabbed a bunch of stuff from the Lemonheads. And I've, I've played a lot. Like So so Julianne Hatfield played bass uh, with the Lemonheads for the entire It's a Shame About Ray record, which is actually like my favorite song from the Lemonheads. Um, but they, they, they do Into Your Arms, which I played here a lot. They did a pretty cool cover of... Of, um, of Mrs. Robinson uh, from Simon and Garfunkel, but I actually <laughs> this song I've been totally like living with in my head for the past few days. It's like kind of on the record that was like the end of the Lemonheads, right? Like people just thought it sucked, but for whatever reason, I always liked this song, and it just I don't know felt like hearing it again, and I felt like having you hear it again, or for the first time. Either way, it's the Lemonheads on the box. Hard rock lunch. Our very own Giovanna has scored a second show for the summer. She's playing tonight at the Warehouse. Doors are at 6 p.m. and she's on at 7.15 if you want to check that out. I guess you should probably do that like now before she's way too big of a star for you even to get tickets for her show because you know how it is. Like First she gets one show in the summer, then that's not good enough. So it's two shows in the summer. Pretty soon it's four shows in the summer. And then after that it's like, who even are these people I used to associate with, and then she'll have a British accent, which I'm sure she can do really not well, and that'll be fun for a little while, but then she'll get like all like Madonna-ish or Demi Lovato, and then we'll just never see her again. But yeah, she's tonight at the warehouse at uh, 
Uh, before I forget, uh, the Music Mall where we're having the show, and I keep forgetting this, the Music Mall where we're having the show on Saturday night has a very strict no readmittance policy. I don't know why that is. It's probably because they don't serve alcohol in there, and people want to get messed up in the parking lot and then come back in. I'm hoping they have at least like a smoking section, but like just I want everybody to be aware. They, they, they've mentioned it to me now a couple of times, so I'm guessing it's a bit of a problem. Uh, I do know that they tend to have like pop and rap acts in there. I've seen a few of those, so maybe that is the driving thing. But like I, I really don't know. I'm just communicating it to you, good people, so that you guys know ahead of time. Uh, good friend of the show, Mikey Wayman, is uh, transitioning today. We could we could say, no, not like that. It's his last day at this very long job that he's had for a very long time, and he's moving on to a new job that I expect nothing but good things uh, for him at, and I wish nothing but good things for him at. But I could not let the day go unacknowledged, considering his last day is on a Thursday, which is weird, but he's traveling tomorrow, so it kind of makes sense if you break it down that way. But since it happens to be his last day, and it also happens to be a Thursday, how could I not go with this? Hard Rock Lunch box. Okay, time to play a little game of Do I Like It? The good people over at WTF uh, Publicity, uh, Arlene specifically, who brought us um, Raleigh V and uh, Float, for lack of a term, who both I really, really like, sent me somebody that I, I... Got the feeling she wasn't quite sure if it was going to fit on the box. And I have to tell you, I listened to it twice, and I'm not sure if it fits on the box. But I like the song. I like the dude's story. And I say we give it a listen. And since I have the microphone, well, that's what we're going to do. Dude's name is Kevin Whitaker. His song is called Unpredictable Love. I dig it. Is it right for the box? You tell me. I might even listen. Probably not. Hard Rock Lunch Man, that song was everywhere for a goddamn hot minute whenever that came out. I think I remember even that Mikey had covered that. Maybe? Maybe? Is that right? I don't know. Mikey can chime in if he wants. Uh, I forget. Um, But yeah, Tracy Bonham, Mother Mother. Jesus, that song was everywhere. That was all part of my uh, my, uh, rabbit-holing with the... the Juliana Hatfield stuff. I, I have more stuff from, from that coming up. I know you guys can't wait. <laughs> I will tell you, I found something this week that I did not know existed. We were talking about anthrax a lot, so I was listening to a lot of anthrax and stuff like that. I didn't know, and this is probably just how out of the loop I can be sometimes. Um, I did not know. Actually, you know what's funny? Like Speaking about being out of the loop, so I was talking to Casiano, uh, Dave Casiano, producer extraordinaire, also apparently like producer solitaire when it comes to Long Island bands these days, uh, but we were talking about Joni Mitchell and how he just like really wasn't such a fan or whatever, but didn't kind of really know, and then like spent some time with the Joni Mitchell project and like totally fell in love with the with the Blue record, and for me, like I grew up on my parents' floor listening to, to Court and Spark, because my mom was a huge Joni Mitchell fan, and I think that is one of the greatest records of all time, and when you talk about things that like you know, shape the way I write and wanted to sing and wanted to sound and the, what I thought songwriting was, you know, like that's, yeah, man, that's, that's Joni Mitchell. That's, you know, Fleetwood Mac. That's Heart. Like a lot, a lot of female fronted bands that knew what, knew what they were doing, but it was just funny. Like, so I was like, oh man, 
don't know if I can work with somebody that doesn't like Joni Mitchell. <laughs> but he's come around. But we were just talking about like how funny it is to sort of just be out of the loop and like miss things and great things. And like I was saying that sometimes it's you know Spotify. I'll throw me something and I'll be like, oh man, it's like my new favorite band. Like check them out. It's like um, and broke up 15 years ago. Yep, that's about right. <laughs> probably, totally, probably like what happened. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so as a huge Anthrax fan, but admittedly, uh, after they did, um, it's the one with the, they did Potter's Field, um, and if only Sound of White Noise. After that, I really kind of dropped off and just really wasn't paying attention. I actually was much more interested in Scotty Ian's side projects and stuff like that. And we play like the the damn things. We play that all the time. In fact, I'm going to grab that for later. I feel like wanting to hear that. But what I just stumbled upon is I had absolutely no idea that Anthrax had covered ACDC's unbelievably great song TNT, which, to be perfectly honest, was on the table <laughs> for when we decided uh, that we were going to cover uh, you know, ACDC. And we didn't actually discover, we didn't actually decide ever to cover Dirty Deeds. What happened is we played it at rehearsal one night, and it could have just, because I play TNT all the time too, just in between songs, just totally screwing around or whatever, but the band just latched on to Dirty Deeds, and it's like, oh, it's sounding better than I expected, so we ended up just doing Dirty Deeds, and then a couple weeks later, Dan from uh, the After Hours Review was like, yeah, you guys want to do a cover? And I was like, oh, that's so funny and coincidental, because I have a cover sitting right here, man. Anyway, TNT could have easily been uh, the cover that we released. (laughs) But uh, it's a good thing we didn't, because Anthrax did again. The, the cool thing about Anthrax, it's like you hear a slight bit of the differences in the vocals. But uh, I'll tell you, man, if you squint a little bit, it may as well be ACDC. And that's that's awesome. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is anyone interested in the agenda, like the timeline for the show on Saturday? I mean, because I have it. I just... Maybe I should run it by you guys. Not, not that it's going to change anything, but the reality is we have this room from 7 to 11 o'clock, right? Like, that's it. Uh, that's why doors are at 7.45. Gives us a chance to load in and set up the food and the drinks before everybody gets there. Uh, so, yeah, doors are at 7.45. I'm planning, and I should probably let Sam know. I'm planning on having Sam... Um, I'm planning on having Sam perform at around... Is it 8.05, right? Yeah. Yes, 8.05. So I'm planning on having to play like 8.05 till about 8.30. Then it's going to be like a 20-minute break. And then we're going to go up and we're going to do our first set. So Rebel Line plays around 8.50 will be our first set. We're going to go in album order. Uh, we're going to stop actually between songs to make sure we got a good recording and all that other stuff. I might say a few things about some songs if I get some free time to actually write anything up. Um, so I'll be doing that. So the first set, it's going to be album order. Um, and then we'll need like, you know, all that other stuff. We'll need like audience participation kind of after the songs. Like we're going to need some applause here. People like, I'm not one of those bands that like, come on, let's just hear it. Like, but like, I really, in my head, I'm always like, come on, let's just hear it. Like it's super important. So I'm going to need that for sure. So I'm just going to thank you guys in advance for that. Um, and then what we'll do is we're going to take a second break. We've actually decided we're deciding on whether or not we're going to actually have a full costume change. Now I sweat like a goddamn pig, so I am planning on changing my shirt. I don't know what shirt I'm changing it to. That'll be a big surprise. And then 20 minutes later, so we're going to play from like 8:50 probably to like 9:15, and then we'll come back up on stage. 20 minutes later, we'll make sure everything recorded well, everything's going well. We'll get everything we need for the video people. 
uh, make sure everybody's set up with drinks and all that other stuff. And then we're going to go up and we're going to do another, a second set, the way we would normally do it live. Uh, not in any particular order based on the record, but the way it flows naturally. And I have to tell you, the way we've been rehearsing it, it sounds really, really good. Like, and not any, like, conceit or stuff, just me telling you, like, that second set is going to be dope. Like, the first set's going to be good because it's going to be good, but it's, it's not like a Rebel 9 show. We don't play one song and then stop. We don't play one song and then stop. It's not something we do. And also, t- to be perfectly honest, once we get that first set out of the way and we know we have good recordings, then it's kind of like, who gives a shit what happens on the second set? And honestly, I think the who gives a shit set is going to be the better set. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm I don't know what I'm speaking. So anyway, um, that's that's that. And then uh, I'm trying to be off stage by 10 o'clock, actually, so that we can be off stage and un- start unloading our gear. But also, if we're signing anything, like I want to be able to sign stuff for you. I don't know that anybody wants our signature, to be perfectly honest. But like, if you do, I want to be able to have time to do that. I I don't talk to people generally before the performance, so I'll be talking to people after the performance, and then. We've kind of got all got to be on our way by 11 o'clock. There's a lot of diners on the thing, but like uh, I don't know how much I'll be hanging out because I have a full thing of the van. I've also got a super early appointment the next day because I'm a dummy, and that's the kind of shit that happens. But try and make sure you get there on time. I know some people are coming in a little bit later, and that's cool. I did tell them like 8:05 is probably a pretty sharp, pretty sharp timeline for this young lady who is opening up the show. Sam, gonna kick some ass, I'm sure, and I'm, I already know you guys like her, so. That works out. It's just a bonus. Just for you guys. And when the smoke clears and it's all said and done, you'll have to find another shoulder.
Lunchbox. Yeah, a little Jack White for you. Um, so, who remembers about a dozen years ago, maybe even longer, maybe less? Honestly, does time even matter? Of course not. Uh, Natalie Imbruglia did a song called Torn. It was a huge, huge, huge hit. And in my opinion, she did a tremendously good job with it. Uh, I, at the time, was a huge fan of the song because I have ears. And uh, But years after that, on the Howard Stern Show, which I have listened to kind of religiously for years, uh, I, I haven't listened to everything, but I do actually have a legacy of stuff to listen to. Uh, he, he had the original writer, and I did not even know that was a cover, but uh, he had the original writer of the song on the show, and it was a band called Edna Swap. And uh, they played their original version, which I thought was actually better. Uh, not as produced. Like, don't don't confuse better with produced. Like, there's something about the way people write when it's their story and their song that sometimes a cover can't quite get. Not always, but sometimes a cover can't quite get. And in a song like this, I really heard that difference. And I was listening to it this week because I have Spotify and I was driving to band practice and I figured I would grab it for you guys. So if you've heard, if you've never heard it, like you're in for a treat anyway, and I definitely recommend the Natalie and Bullia version. Uh, if you've only heard the Natalie version, then I want you to listen to this with real open and honest ears and just hear everything that's so great about it, including the chord choices and no choices on the guitar, but the angst in which she sings it to me that is always and what will always make a great song. Hard Rock Lunch Box.
little FFR for you. So, listen, um, remember I was saying before about, like, totally wor- uh, rabbit holing Juliana Hatfield, uh, like, Juliana Hatfield 3, which is actually, like, her most successful thing, because that was the one that did Spin the Bottle and My Sister and Supermodel, which, if you've never listened to Become What You Are, like, I don't know... I honestly, I think, personally, I think it holds up, but, like, I was so moved by that record and how it was written and how it was done that it just kind of has, like, a very special place for me because I just, it, it taught me a, a definitely another layer of songwriting. So if you want to give a listen to Become Who You Are, like, I, I highly recommend it. Um, but the song that actually got me to the Juliana Hatfield 3, uh, when, when she decided to put that out in the early 90s, I guess, is because they were in a band, or she was in a band, called Blake Babies, which was, like, big out of Massachusetts, and this is the post-REM days, like, where college bands were, like, became huge entities in a very, very small pond, and so without the the global reach like you have today, it was, like, very hard for some of these bands to tour, and they gig-swapped and stuff like that, but after those colleges, the the college towns, it just never held up, really, only the only kind of bands that could pull that off were bands like R.E.M. and like the B-52s and stuff like that. Very few. Most of these bands you'll find just sort of spun off and then either just never heard from again or became other bands on a national level. But if you had the opportunity to run into some of these bands, or not run in, but like be exposed to them as I was, because in the Northeast it's still a fairly tight enough community. You could definitely run into people that know these bands, and that's probably how it happened to me. But like, I dig this song, and I don't know that everybody will, but I would like everyone to just accept that at the time it was refreshing and it was new and nobody sang and wrote like this and that's why i liked it so here for your history time check breakdown whatever the hell we're doing here on the box it's going all the way back to probably 1722 it's a blake baby song called out there on the box hard rock lunch box I know what you're thinking. That sound means only one thing, and it's time for your weekly Craving the Week with Craving Strange. And today, you would be absolutely correct. Turns out that in like two weeks and one day, Craving Strange will be releasing its first single in quite some time. Not years or anything like ridiculous like that, but it certainly has been a little while since they all came out. Uh, I am personally super excited for this one for no other reason than I think it's the very first Craving Strange song of the modern era that I have not been allowed to hear. And that's by design. Jimmy and I actually talked about it, and he wants me to sort of hear it just as it is, as it's done. And that is a really big kind of thing, because I pulled that same shit on him and Mikey and Annie when I was doing uh, Do Do No Harm, mainly because there are so many iterations of songs, and you could like something, and it could color this, and all that other stuff, that I didn't let them hear it until it was mixed and mastered, uh, for the most part. I mean... Some stuff I had to let go because they already knew the song and didn't really matter anyway. But it was definitely a thing to get a true opinion of the final product. And I am personally super psyched, which means I don't have the goddamn new song. And I'll have to wait the two weeks and a day like the rest of you goddamn peasants. And uh, I guess I'll just make my way through it, slumming it with this one. Correct. It's one week and one day. 
God damn, I suck at this. Do over.
Fox. Uh, it is once again time to get the hell on out of here. Thank you for suffering through another week of the Hard Rock Lunchbox with me. I do want to take a quick second and again pre-thank everybody that's going to be coming to the Diaries live on Saturday. I also want to point out that June 21st, just two days ago, yes, despite everything else, I can read a calendar from time to time, uh, was the exact 11th anniversary of the Razorblade Diaries. And I'll probably tell this story from the stage on Saturday night, but it always struck me as funny because my producer at the time that we were working with, when we were going through the ordering of the songs, decided that we needed to put the song without last because he thought it was the weakest song on the record to this very day i disagree with him but what he said after that has stuck with me for the rest of my life so far and probably for the rest of it going forward he said yo man don't worry about it if without is the worst song on your record you've got a pretty fucking good record have a great week everybody see you saturday So oh.